Hey everybody, welcome to another episode of Two Brothers Archery. Sitting here with my dad, we're BSing here talking hunting, and uh, I asked him, I said, hey, let me record this because this is good information that obviously dad's taught me over the years and um, I wanted to share with everybody. We're talking about consistency in the rut. We have uh, a couple different properties that we're hunting um, over the course of a long period of time that we're seeing bucks at. We're getting multiple pictures of bucks and we're talking about jumping stands, kind of jumping properties and and into that conversation we we're heavy into this conversation i told him i said let's just record this so dad why don't you say hi to everybody hi everybody there you go um we were just talking about dad was sharing some stories with hunters that he's hunted with over the years and things that they've said um about hunting properties hunting during the rut and whatnot and i know you're just sharing a story about an older gentleman that said something to you that stuck in your mind yeah i had an older gentleman Back in the day when I was a youngster like you in my 30s. And he sat five five days on one stand and didn't see a, a deer. And then just like out of nowhere, there were deer all over. And that's one thing he said to me is, don't get discouraged on your stand. Stay consistent because eventually they're going to come through. Especially if you know there's does in the area. Right. And like we look at our at our spots we have, we know we got food plots, and we got does hitting the area. We got multiple bucks. It's it's just a matter of making sure you got the right wind and sit there consistently instead of bouncing from one stand to another to another. Because we do have, you know, what a dozen stands we could hunt right between different properties. Yeah, right. So when you find a target buck you want to sit on and you saw him on your property on that stand, don't get discouraged after two sits or three sits and then go somewhere else. Right. And we, well, like you were saying, our property that we had down here by you, you know, you came back from Montana that one year and you sat there and you you had a week. I had a week. Not only because the landowner told you you had a week before he hunted at gun season. Right. But you had a week until we went and hunted our gun season in a different area. Right, and we had cameras on that that land, and we knew there were bucks there, and they were in fact when I was driving driving back from Montana, and got back on a Sunday, went and got sat in Monday morning, and then got the camera, the the card, found out there was five different bucks on that right on that food plot on Sunday in the rain, so. Yeah, I think it was like four days of consistent hunting, and was, well, you, know, you were successful, right? You shot a nice eight pointer, right? So, <clears throat> yeah, don't get discouraged after you sit two, three times. You see the deer on camera or whatever. And that's the bad. Some of the bad things about cameras, right? You know they're there, right? You saw them, right? But it's like, oh, he's not around. So, well, and that's I'm gonna go somewhere else, right? On the last episode, we talked about that too. Jared and I did where we love that we went to sell cameras and that, you know, you have that instant feedback. You can, you know, pin down things a little bit better. But at the same time, like when he sat <clears throat> last week, he stopped in at my place on his way home and he's like, did you look at the camera at our other property? And that buck was standing there at, at daylight, 5.15. And he's right. like, I sat the wrong spot. And it's like, like you said, as much as, as much as you like that instant feedback, you would have felt a little differently if you went and pulled that card a week later Right. Because you want to really associate. Or, or you didn't even know it at all. Right, right. 
So it's like as great as it is, it also it it, <laughs> it can be a kick in the shorts too. Right, but it just there you go. It just the moral of the story is be consistent on with whatever stand you know. Right. Well, and the moral of the story too is you have to understand all that because I like I said I told you I told Jared too the other day we had we had seventeen does out in the field near one of our properties seventeen does probably fifteen mature. Where's the bucks? And that leads us to, you know, are they locked down with the early does? Or, you know, are they in a different area? Whatever, they move in, move out. We've How many times have we had big, nice bucks early season on our properties and they disappear? And we don't see them until late season. You know, where do they right. go? When we've had the opposite, too, where we didn't have a buck on camera. Then, well, then you got to look at, because we, we hunt farm country. Right. You have to look at egg, egg fields. Egg fields. What's yeah. out there yet? You know, because where you know, the doe is going to be feeding. Now we haven't seen bucks on our cameras for you know quite a while, and there was soybean fields were up and everything. And all while the soybeans are gone now. Yep. And they're starting to take the corn off. Yep. And all of a sudden, in the last week, we've been seeing consistent you know buck movement on our food plots. Right. You know, along with the does, so you got to kind of keep an eye out on that and play that game. Right. Well, and that's no different than. You know, you keep the dozer on in our food plots. That's where they pay off. You keep the dozer on, the bucks come through checking. We've known that. Right. And that's where they otherwise are in egg fields eating. Yeah. That yeah. one that one year, we didn't we didn't have deer in our food plot until December. Because we had, there, there was a wet fall and they didn't take the, the crops off. Right. Well, where are they going to go eat? They're eating in that cornfield. Remember that cornfield across from Terry? That was almost a country block of corn. Right. You know? Exactly. Every now and then you'd get one stroll through, but... That was on a whim. And like I said, the does are going to go where the food are and the bucks are going to go where the does are. Right. So that's where hunting over food plot, <clears throat> you know, is a good thing because it's like a meeting place for them. They all go there. They all know what's what's there. The bucks know the does are going there to eat because they were in there before. So Yeah, for sure. Well, and how many times then... You know, when you see everything kind of break up and the rut's hot and heavy, do we see on camera a buck just rolling through by himself, checking that food plot to see if there's right. those there? Just cutting the trails. Yep. See if he can pick up a hot one. Cutting the wind. Yeah. That's that's what you got to play. If, yeah. Or walking the fence line, and the fence line comes right to the food plot. You know. Right. Right. All, all you need is <laughs> you need you need that twenty seconds. Yep. To be able to know where he's at and make a shot, you yeah. know. But he's not. Yeah, he's not coming there to sit and munch for twenty minutes and he's have passing a through. He'll just, yeah, walk real slow through it. And sometimes they're actually moving pretty fast through it. You got to stop him with a grunt call or whatever, and right. hopefully you can get a shot. But and if you got does come out, you better be ready because the bucks are going to be behind him, and sometimes they're chasing them, and they they don't give you a shot. All, no. you, get, all you see is a flash. I mean, they're. I've had that. Okay. And next thing you're in your swamp, running around, chasing, and right. you just hope they come back, and he ends up stopping in front of you. Right. And that, you know, the other thing, too, I mean, how you've done enough hunting this season. I know you haven't done quite as much as you'd like to, but where do you think the rut's at? You think that those big du- big bucks are locked down with those? I think they're on the move. A lot of the rutting, I think, is happening at night, late night. 
as we see on the cameras, 2.30, yeah. 3.30 in the morning. You notice that that's creeping more towards daylight? It is, and I'm seeing more bucks out, bigger bucks. So I think even some of the big ones, there could be early does that they're locked down with already. Yeah. But they'll breed, and then, you know, four days from now or whatever, they'll be out looking for another one. Right. So we're just getting into it heavy now, and it's going to last till probably the 15th. Well, they say it. You know, there's two ruts, at least, sometimes three. Right. So, but the first one's hot and heavy right now, I would think, because, well, we just saw two fawns down in my food plot right now, and there's right. no dough with them. Right. So where's the dough? Right. Is she off with the, with a uh, buck getting bread? Good possibility. Right. And all that makes you wonder, because I know, like, Jared and I talk all the time. It's, you know, hey, we haven't seen, like, uh, we had heavy action on our camera at the farm there. Right. And all of a sudden, it just, boom, they went cold. Right. And you don't see anything for, yeah. I think that one stretch, Jared was counting on, in the VIP there. He was counting. He's like, yeah, he's like, I think it's been eight days we haven't had a picture. And now, well, just minutes ago, you saw a couple bucks come through there. And you see more bucks, or more bucks on cameras than does. Yeah. Yeah, that's the other thing, too. Where before it was the opposite. So, I think they're all out looking. Trying to find the one that's going to go in Astros as soon as and follow her around. Till, and then you'll have the younger ones, you know, follow them around until they're almost ready to go. And then the big boy's going to come yeah. and kick, kick him out kick of there anyhow, there. Yeah. and he's going to get her. So, right. <clears throat> yeah. You just, that's why you keep the does in front of you. Keep them coming to the food plot or food source. And, you know. Well, I know when Jared and I, was, that was two weeks ago, we went out and hunted and we had those does in the food plot and that little little forkhorn come out and had his neck stretched out and was you know chasing her around pushed her into the cornfield there and stuff and um i just kind of laughed because i was like okay so we're we're getting ready and that was like i said two weeks ago so you you just wonder where everybody where where it's at you wonder this every year and you and i have the same conversation probably every year around this time as to what are we going to do where do you go the consistency part is what gets me because well, two years ago, three years ago now, um, I saw that big buck um, at Betty's there. I saw that, what did we say, in the middle of October? Second week of October? Yeah, I think it was because I went to uh, Montana for the 25th, so I think it was around the 15th, 16th. And I saw that buck, and he came out with, with four other deer. I couldn't tell what they were. I know two were does for sure, but... We're walking back to the truck, and I'm telling Dad how big big this buck is, and I'm like, "Hey, I'm gonna I'm gonna kill that buck," and he's like, "I you know you kind of laughed, and you're like, yeah, man, I I hope you do," and I I did about a month later, um, and he came out well, it's about this well, and the key there was you didn't hunt that stand until it was the right time, right? The rut was heavy, it was cold, snowy, yeah, I I just looked that up, it's pretty miserable. The high that day was 18 degrees, yeah cold front come through mm -hmm. and you went and sat on the food plot and well the rest is your story right but you know that that was kind of the same thing where we i saw him once live on the hoof i didn't see him for a month we didn't have a picture of him on camera um until two days before i shot him right and that was, he was on the food plot yep he was going through the food plot never yep. stopped just a steady walk through the food plot and we didn't of course we had um just standard trail cameras at that time so we didn't know that we right. pulled the cards afterwards and we're like, hey, there he is. You know, he was walking through it and that was at your three o'clock, your two o'clock in the morning. Yep. And then a couple of days later, I, well, I killed him at, I think, like four o'clock in the afternoon. And there again, he was a mature buck, 
what, five years old? He's five and a half, yeah. And, and you'd think, I mean, that he should have been one of the dominant bucks in the area, probably should have had a doe with him or breeding does. My yep. guess is he bred a doe already or two or three, whatever, and he was out refreshing his scrapes and running a scrape line looking for another one. Yep. And you happened to be sitting there, and you grunted him in. And, and him being the, the dominant buck, there wasn't another buck in the area that was going to, like... He was, You didn't take kindly to it. No. <laughs> he came in pissed off. But, so. you know, and that's... <clears throat> that's the constant conversation is, you know, does consistency pay off? And, you know, like you said, the, the cameras actually, I think, get us in trouble sometimes. Right. When it comes to... Like, I, <clears throat> I used Uncle Steve, you know, the other day when Jared and I... Another episode, and I said, you know, he's one that... And we talked about it here again today... He's sitting three different properties, three different days. Right. When Instead you know of, when you know that you've got bucks on each property. I mean, if and you, it might pay off. Right. But you if know. you know you got a target buck on, and you've seen him consistent on that property, he's gonna, you know, he's gonna come back to visit that area, and you just gotta be consistent. I mean, and you gotta be committed. That says, I'm gonna hunt this, and if I don't see him. That's the way it is. Right. But that's my buck. Now, you could say after three days, yeah, okay, the wind's not right. Well, that's a different story. But if your wind's right and everything, and you hunt that stand three days, and you don't see him, but you see other bucks, I wouldn't give it up. I'd, I'd hunt it, you know, a couple well, you, more times. But you were saying that <clears throat> you want, you're probably going to go hunt the swamp. You right. know, be in, and I asked you, I said, well, why? And you... Your answer was, I've been there three times now, and and I I just feel like at some point something's gonna walk through there, right at the right time. But you you know, and you, you're right. You sit there three times, and it might be the fourth fourth day that you don't sit there, and you know here he is, right. And you get him on camera walking through. So, you know, but where the rut is right now, like Uncle Steve sat last night, and he had a little buck that he said he couldn't even hardly see the horns on it, so it was like probably a little four-corn. He was chasing, uh, what do you say, three or four does and fawns around out in the alfalfa field Okay. at 5.30 at night in the evening. So, like I said, they're chasing. The little ones are acting goofy. So, I mean, the big ones are out there doing the work, I'm sure. Right. Things are moving. Right. Well, and that's where it comes into being. Everybody says, well, luck, luck plays a lot to do with it, you know, but consistency has a lot to do with it, and I think that the other side of that coin is you can hop stands and you can hop properties and you could still be successful if you catch it on the right night. Well, and, and understand that when we say hop and stands, it's not hop and stands on the same property. It's hop and yeah, stands properties. properties that right. are like 10 miles away from each other. Right. I mean, we get other stands on, on this property for other winds that we can sit on. Right. So... You know, and that's always your your option too. Is you know, because you know that's your target buck, right? So, well, and it doesn't matter if you want to. And it, it's <laughs> if you're out just to shoot a buck, or you're out to shoot that buck, right? But you know, to be committed to it and say, okay, I might even fill my tag. I'm gonna, you know, because he might be, you know, <clears throat> the next two hundred acres across the road chasing does over there. You don't know, but. You know, you see him on camera, you know, pretty consistent and walking through there. So, you know, he's visiting that and it's just a matter of time. Right. Right. Well, and I know that 
um, that forkhorn that Jared saw the other night. That was Tuesday night. He hunted Tuesday night last week. Right. And I saw that forkhorn. I don't know if it was that night or the following, the following night. Whatever night I worked at the farm. I was leaving the farm. He was up on the corner of... Um, Bypass Dennis up right. that way. I mean, he was a, he was three country blocks away. Right. And I saw him out there eating in the cornfield, cut cornfield. Sure. So I mean, they're everybody. Everybody asks what's a deer's range. Well, that's hard to do without tracking your deer, which you know, unless you you know, tag them or whatever. Right. But they they got a they got a big range. And that buck that came through, well, even the buck that I shot, that might have been the last time we saw him for three weeks, until he came back looking for does again. Right. You know what I'm saying? It's it's. It's a hard, it's a hard balance. Yeah, the other thing is, well, after the rut, and, you know, and they need to fuel up and eat, eat good. That's, and, yes. And then, then you can sit in the food plot, and hopefully he comes there and, you know, looking to, to beef himself up for the winter. That'd be the other thing. But uh, right now the rut's on, and you're going to see multiple bucks coming through, and hopefully one's your target buck. Right. And that's the. That's always the plan, but the plan never goes according to plan a lot of the times. But yeah, the key is to sit it on the right wind. Right. Right. If you're not sitting it on the right wind, you're just wasting your time. You could still get lucky. You can, but more than likely their nose is gonna beat you. Right. Or are they are they too horned up and stupid that Well, it depends if they got does with them. Right. The does are the smart ones. Right. The buck's just following her. Right. He'll watch her. How many times have you seen where the does come in, and they're checking the wind, and the fawns come trotting in, like, okay, yeah, let's eat. Right. And the does there, and she's circling, and she pinpoints. You know, she pinpoints her. She knows something's up. She starts stomping, and the buck standing behind her, like, what's up? Right. That's true. Yeah. If you get a buck by himself, that's just well, got a, one thing on his mind. He's checking. You know, that you might get. You know, might get lucky. Out of my last three bucks, this last buck was the only buck I shot that had a doe with her. I was following a doe. The two right. before that were all by themselves. Well, the one last year was chasing doles around and went right through he, the, the blind, remember? Right, yeah, but he broke away, and when right. I shot him, he came out by himself. Right. But, you know, there, there again, you know, he, his mind was on other things. <clears throat> right. The wind could have been right in his nose and my scent in it, and I don't think he really would have cared. But you're right, they, they, that's true. I never thought of it yeah. that way. You're bringing it, if it, a doe comes out, you know, they're... <laughs> They're the smart ones. Right. Yeah, they're the ones that are going to bust you. Yeah, because he's just sniffing her butt. That's all he's doing. He's right. following her. Right. <clears throat> so, they'll, yeah. But if you get him by himself, that he's normally, but it, depending on if you, if you sent up well and you're taking care of your clothes, that's another thing, you know. Right. Versus, you know, guys that go sit in a bar and they're smoking, having a cigarette out in their stand. And, you know. the, the exception is the logger. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, that's another thing, yeah. Um, so. But no, you're you're right. Well, and then when you, well, up by Ralph there, you used to walk through the sheep pens. Oh, yeah. Your way out, cover yeah, scent. Yeah, he had sheep, so I'd walk through the, the sheep manure on the way out there and have that on my boots and stuff, and deer would, they would walk down the wind to me, and they wouldn't think nothing of it. That was also before scent, scent lock technology. Right, that was yeah. years ago, yeah. but that was one you know, one way to do it. And just can they you? Were, they were used to the. He would take his 
spreader out there and get rid of all the sheep shit and everything. So right. I just walk through it and get on my boots. And Can you tell them a story about the logger up north? <laughs> well, we were up, this is up around Lena, pound area. Um, we hunted up there uh, off 64 and they were doing logging up there. And I hunted with a, a gentleman that was, well, actually was my high school teacher. And he was from up there. And we went up and got a couple stands ready. And before before he went out, he picks a chainsaw up and he starts a chainsaw up. When he's in his camo and he's uh, <clears throat> running the saw and all the fumes, the oil and gas and stuff is all over him. I said, Glenn, what are you doing? He goes, well, this is how you gotta get ready because these deer are all, you, you see all the, the fresh cuttings here. He says the deer are all used to the smell of oil and the chainsaws is from all the loggers. He says, so you'll fit right in. <laughs> so that's what he used for a cover set. Right. He was successful. Yeah. Deer would come in to eat the cedars, you know, and, and stuff because it was late season. And uh, yeah, they come in and he's up in the tree, smell like, you know, a chainsaw. <laughs> they never blink. They never blink. Yeah. No, because <laughs> the guys would be cutting the wood down and the deer would be coming in there to eat because it was winter, you know, sure. late season and and as soon as they drop a cedar tree or balsam, whatever, they'd be there to eat. Yeah. And if chainsaws would be running, fumes would be flying, and yeah. Never phased them. Never phased them. <laughs> I couldn't believe it. Right. Nowadays, you got scent lock and scent blocker and, you know. Oh, yeah, you've got carbon alloy technology. You've got ozone, right. all that stuff, right and now, it's like, yeah. You spend all that money on all that stuff, and he's out there putting, you know, oil, <clears throat> oil and gas on him, you know. <laughs> right. Yeah, that's what they did. <laughs> yep. Well, and that's that one night Jared and I hunted the farm, and they had just spread liquid manure. Yeah. And yeah. that was the night. That was the night that Jared shot his doe, and he's like, "I knew this was gonna happen. This happened to me last year. We went and hunted, and you know, there's they were spreading shit. And I mean, it was ripe. It it smelled, but it's the best cover scent we could have had. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's it's just interesting how that all works and how it's changed over time. But. Um. I, I just laugh at that, but no, you're, you're hundred percent right. And I think the more I think about it, I've been fortunate enough to take bucks the last three years. But before that, I only had one property to hunt. I had, I hunted Terry's and that was it, but we didn't know how that property laid out like we do now. Yeah. And that was a convenient thing because it was close to home. You know? Right. But <clears throat> looking back on that now with what we know now. I would have hunted that completely different, you know, and we learned that down the road. Right. But you had taken a, I'm going to say 25 year hiatus bull hunting because you had me and, you know, all my running oh, yeah. around. And when I got into bull hunting, you know, we, we acquired that property and you were working long days. So I was doing a lot of the hunting and I didn't, I didn't know everything that I know now. Right. You know, I just went because, you know, I had the time to do it and th thought I was doing things right and. Looking back now, I mean, yeah, I, I was successful to a point, but I could have been a lot more successful having well, known what a, I know yeah, now. There's a lot of factors in that one, though, because the landowner lived right on the land, and then right, we didn't know, like, during the day, he's down there cutting wood, and his wife's walking around and disturbing right. all that stuff, and you go down there, and it's like, well, I didn't see a deer. Right. Well, it's because through the whole day and stuff, they're down there yeah. making all kinds of racket and running a four-wheeler, the chainsaws. She's walking around, the dog's bouncing around, barking. 
So the deer moved out of there, and they went, remember where we, I told you to go? The, yep, we went to the backside. It was a 40-acre parcel, and they, they did a lot of, I, I guess we'll call it rec, recreational stuff on that on the front 20. And Dad's like, with all that commotion and stuff going on, he's like, just go go crawl in the back, the back 20 and the back 40 there. And I actually went and talked to the farmer that owned the... The 20. Yeah, the far 20 that butted up to our 40. Right. And I said, hey, do you mind if I'm a little bit on your land? You know, he's like, no, I'll go for it. And I went back there, and you went out to... No, I stayed where I was at. I no, 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 a... you went on a, a hunting trip. You went on the first night, I didn't. I stayed on the, on the food plot. Right, but I'm saying when I went back there, I hunted for a week. You were out of town for a week. I think right, you went to... the first night you went back there... Yep. You didn't know if that buck was big enough or not to shoot. Yeah, yeah, with all the eight with the busted G2. Right. Yeah, they, so the deer, and he, you were covered in deer right off the bat. I was. I took my climber back there and went up in a tree, and um, yeah, they came busting in. He was chasing a doe, and um, I was actually reaching up to grab my bow out of the bow hanger, and he and they both stopped and looked, and I was just kind of stuck. And having knowing what I know now, I would have played that differently, also. Right. But then, but you went to like North Dakota. Then after that, or yeah, probably pheasant hunting. I think now. you went pheasant hunting, and I told you i'm like i'm gonna hunt that and i i saw a deer every night i saw bucks pretty much every night just nothing no opportunities but it was like okay that's what happened they, you know whenever that commotion was going on it up by the house there in the front 20 they went to the back right and they yeah. just they weren't bothered correct and they had everything right there they had food yep water they swamp. ran they ran actually the high spot the, that and ridge the, that ridge they ran the yep. back of the property and, and they the, ran that between sources yeah and we didn't find that out until the last, what, three years? Right. That we were there. And, you know, things also changed there, too. But and that's what's nice about the cellular cameras because you don't have to go in and check them. So you're yeah. not bothering everything because we learned that any kind of commotion. Yep. I you, mean, the deer adapt to it and they're like, okay, we're out here. That's just like at Rels when I hunt Rels. We used to go out there. And sit for gun season. The deer would come out and feed real early, well before dark, because he had no bow hunters. Nobody pushed him off the fields. Right. And I know he's got a couple bow hunters there now. Well, the deer come out early, and then the deer, the bow hunters come out of the woods and push the deer off the field. Yep. So the deer are dumb. They decide they're coming out at dark. Yep. So you go there gun hunting. It's like you don't see nothing until right at dark. I mean, right at dark. Mm-hmm. Where before, it'd be an hour before dark. They'd be walking around the alfalfa field eating. Well, and I remember that as a kid, sitting with you in T-Zone. Yeah. You'd have deer on the ground by 4 o'clock. You know, because they come out broad, I mean, broad right. daylight. You yeah, know, because was, they, were, they, they did it all year. And right. The only commotion they had was the farmer cutting the field or, you know, spreading right. some shit or whatever. But now you got two, three bow hunters going in there. And like I said... The deer come out early. The bow hunters sit till dark. They come out, push the deer off the field, and pretty soon the deer are like, "Well, this this is enough of this." So they just like, "We'll just wait till they're gone." Yeah. <laughs> and then they come out. So. Well, and the thing, like you said, with the cell, adapt to it with the cell cameras. How many times do we put a camera at an access point that we could access easily versus well, where we really want to be is we want to be in that that hole. But in order to get into that hole, you got to disrupt some stuff. Right. So you. You placed your camera where you were walking by it on the way into the stand. So you could swipe a card, you right. know, and to do that. Now, we can put a, put a camera, if we want, in that back 40, in that back, I mean, way back. Well, by Terry, I use that as an example. That was wet. 
yeah. And you and you wanted you wanted to have it in that hole. I remember that hole when you walked down the trail on the left side there, all the cattails. We wanted to put a camera in there. The problem was was to get in there to take the card out of the camera, you're gonna make a shit ton of noise. Right. You ain't getting in and out of there easily. So with these cell cameras, you throw one in there now, fuck put it, set it, forget it. Right. Because you're you're constantly monitoring and then, that. Yeah, and then you're not disturbed anything. And then when it's time to hunt it, you just walk in. You don't even gotta go near the camera. You just no. go in your stand. Right. So yeah. it's the same thing on the food plots but too. It's just amazing how them deer adapt to, you know, and get used to changing surroundings. People people coming in or you know commotion, whatever it is. And we've seen that on on our cameras during gun season. You'll see deer all right up to gun season and. I use Betty's for an example, and then you got Tony driving his truck in there, and Roger yep. driving his truck in there, and yep. pretty soon you don't see a deer all all deer season. Yep. And then as soon as deer season's over, they stop driving their truck in there. They're back on the food plot. Right. It's yep. just amazing. That's how they they just can adapt to it. They're like they're not stupid. They're like oh, that's all. Well, and that's like, um, and and that brings a point. Remember where we talked? Like when you are hunting by the farm. Yeah. And you were going to put your truck. In the field driveway. In the, in the field driveway. Yes. And I said, no, you don't want to do that because the deer are going to come out and they're going to say, well, that truck's never, that big white spot ain't never been there. Right. That's something different. And they're just going to not come out. Yep. Because it's something different. And I went and talked to the neighbor there who's right on the edge of the property there. And I said, hey, can, can we park here? And he goes, yeah. He goes, pull up right to the garage. That way from where they're at, they can't see that right. truck. And, it, and ever since then, yeah. we've been golden. But if you would have stuck that truck out there and the deer come out to the edge of the field and they see that truck... Well, that hasn't been there the last, you know, yeah, three, long. three weeks, month, whatever. Right. And it's amazing how they can pick that out, that, that that's different. Yep. No different than your tent if you don't keep your I, windows up. Yeah. You see, I struggled with that one. You put your you put your tent up and you, you leave your windows all closed and all of a sudden you go sit in it and you roll your windows up. Yep. And the deer look at it like, well, something different something, there. Something's going on there because them big black spots weren't there. Right. That's why when you put your tent up. You put all your windows up and everything right away, so they get used to that. Yep. Oh, and I I can attest to that this year with how many deer I had. I mean, eating out of my hand right. in that tent. Never knew I was there. Right. You know, or might have known I was there, but wasn't. They weren't. Well, I sat at Joel's the other night, and he's got his tent, and the windows are all closed. Yeah. So I opened the one window up. That doe and two fawns. The two fawns come in, and that doe she noticed me right away. Yep. She moved around, and I don't know what she did, but them does followed her, and I watched her right, walk right away yeah. on the on the back ridge, and the fawns followed her. She wasn't coming into that food plot because she knew something was different. That big black spot on that, on that, that, tent. Sta- on that tent wasn't yep. there. Right, right. But Joel doesn't know that. He, 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 you got to leave everything open. Yeah, you leave it open just like if you were sitting in it because yep. nothing changes, and we're right. black. Yep. And, you know, it's like... Beating a dead horse. <laughs> yeah, it's like I told him, I, you know, I, you know, whatever. No, and, but that's and, that's just things you find out, and you find it out from, you know, experience and listen to other guys' experiences too. Right. When I first started hunting the farm, I I bought a a cheap ground blind and I put it out there, and I had deer out there every day. I go, I guess I'm working at the farm, so I could see them out there every day at four o'clock, early season, you know, four thirty, whatever. I go and sit in there and once you know that freaking doe, she just sat there at 60 yards and just looked at me, stomped, throw her head, the whole works. What the hell am I doing? You know? And then that was when I said, I got to go black. Cause we always had that debate. Well, can they really see the camel in there? Can oh, they, yeah. Oh yeah. They could pick that out. And she had me 
pegged from the time she stepped foot in the field. Well, and yeah, it's it's amazing. Yeah, they 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 can they go through there every day, and then if you you cut down a tree, they'll like where'd that happen? Where'd that tree come from? It's down on the ground now. And you've noticed this because I know we've talked about it. I put that camera on that fence on the T post. Yeah. At Brussels. Mm-hmm. Okay. And did you notice? Well, yeah, you did. You told me the shadow of yeah. the deer sniffing the T post yeah. or sniffing the camera Stand because oh, this it. this this post wasn't here. Right. It's overlooking the food plot. This post isn't here. Yeah. Did you see the one at Betty's too? The shadow of the deer yeah. doing the same thing, and that one's been there all year. It's just funny how that, like, I literally they, took it yeah. from a smaller T-post to a bigger T-post, and I moved the T-post maybe 10 feet. And they got, you know, it's... It's amazing how they figure out that that wasn't there. That wasn't that wasn't there. Something's going on there. But when it comes to hunting out of a tent or a blind, yeah. If, if you don't have it set up the way you're going to hunt, then you're... You know, percentage of success are going to go down. Cause what floors me that I can't get over and wrap my head around? Farm equipment. When I used to work, when I was helping Joey out or working at the farm, day like today, late fall, start plowing. You plow all night, right? You can believe the deer that are 15 yards away from the tractor. Well, it's kind of like the chainsaw thing. It is. You know, 200 horse tractor screaming, yeah. you know, working land, and they're just looking at you like, hey, are you going to come over here next? And that's why, like I told you about you know, Levi Morgan, you know, Jared and I listened to that podcast, and they said right out, they're like, if you get a buddy that's trapped in a stand, you know, and you don't want to bump the deer, if you have access to tell the neighbor to fire up the tractor, come pick me up. You know what I mean? Because they're, yeah. they're used to that. They're like, oh, this guy's just coming to work his field versus right. go fire up the truck and you go driving down there with a truck that they've never seen in their life. They know that, yep. you know. And that's, you know, when we're on that plot, how that's set up at the farm there. I get out of the tent, and I kind of the way I come around to bump the deer out of there for Jared because I don't want that's our prime stand. The mm-hmm. blind is secondary, and Jared's never been picked out of that stand. You know what I mean? I haven't either. But you know the things you try to do to eliminate the, them knowing, right? Because once they know, they do not forget. The doe, the doe that Jared shot this year, she knew I was in the blind. She was the one smart cookie. She knew it. And Gerald will attest to it. She stopped in the middle of that food plot, and she looked at me, and she got skittish. And my first thought was, Jared better shoot this freaking bitch before she gets out of, out of sight because she's going to be a thorn in our side the rest of the, of the season. And he did. He shot her. And I told him, I said, did you see that? He goes, oh, yeah. Once she got to a certain point, and he goes, and I don't know if she actually saw you or if she smelled you. But her ears went forward. She came to a dead stop, and she just looked. And in 20 seconds, she turned, and she walked back to the corner, and Thankfully, Jared was able to take her out because, like, that's all I thought was, like, every time she comes into this plot from this moment on, she's going to know that something ain't right with that. Right. You know. But, no, I think on top of everything that we've talked about, the other thing is making your opportunities count if you do get that buck that comes in. Um, I've botched a couple in, in my hunting, I guess you say career, whatever. And you were like, yep, learn from it. Exactly. You know, and I had been fortunate enough to do that, but um, how many times did I say, well, I wish I would have did this, or if I had that back, I'd do this. And you're like, well, no, next time, if you get a next time, you would do that right away or, you know, whatever it might be. Well, and that's why, you know, you talk about trophy hunting and and become a <laughs> – it just doesn't – my opinion, 
it just doesn't happen overnight where, oh, yeah, I'm going to go out and I'm going to shoot no. 130, 140, 150 bucks. <laughs> no, no. You know, bottom line, if you haven't had a 130, 140 uh, buck in front of you, <laughs> practice on some small bucks. Take small bucks. And that's what I told you. I said, yeah. you're waiting for a bigger buck, bigger buck. I'm like, hey, shoot a spike horn. Just get it under your belt. Get get the feel of what it feels like to shoot a deer and draw back on a deer when a deer's, you know, 15, 20, 30 yards from you. You know, right. it's like practice. You can practice a target all you want. Right. You get up in the stand and all of a sudden here there's three deer in front of you, three does and a buck comes in, you're going to shoot it. Well, when's the right time to draw back? Yeah, and I'll get, you know, and that's why I told you, I says, if you get a spike horn, a six-point or whatever, a doe, practice right. on it. And then when, you know. When the time comes, you don't think about it. Exactly. Then when you, you know, after you get a couple under your belt and you, you know, okay, well then you can start going for more target bucks. But I guess to think, well, I'm going to go bow hunt. I never shot a doe or deer before and I'm going to shoot a, you know. Some people do it probably, I'm sure. But I mean, it's locked there. But I mean, it's like. It's different when they're standing in front of you, all the things that you're thinking about, you're, you're drawing back, what time to draw back, you know, do you stop them or, you know, with a little grunt or do you just shoot them as they're walking or wait, wait for them to turn broadside <laughs> yeah. or do you shoot them, you know, oh, I got a 70 pound bow, I can shoot them right through the shoulder, you know, it's like, yeah, well, that shoulder's pretty hard. Right. You know, but, you know, it's like all them things. and That's all experience that you learn along the way. Exactly. That's why you practice on, like you said, Jared shot a doe and that's what you practice on and say, okay. So you've got a little knowledge when a, a buck does come through. And, and, I'll, and I'll give you an example. The per me personally, when that buck I shot this year, when he walked out, there were, and Jared, I have to correct me if I'm wrong. I believe there were three other deer on that plot. Once that buck walked in, I didn't care what they were looking at. I didn't care what they were doing, because I knew that if they didn't see me to that point, they weren't going to. You know what right. I'm saying? Where I remember, first couple of deer I shot, you had other those in the food plot i remember the one i shot at terry's i drew back and i remember as i was drawing i remember thinking like there's two other does over there are they gonna see me are they gonna blow this for me instead of focusing on what the deer you're shooting right you know what i'm saying yeah so a lot of stuff to to think about and unpack but well then another thing is one thing i do when i sit down and you kind of <clears throat> know which way they're probably going to come you know, or go through scenarios in your head, you know, right. okay, they come this way and then take your, your range finder and make sure you got it ranged out 20, 30, 40 yards or whatever. If they come this way, they come this way, you know, all, all, all the scenarios, scenarios yeah. play through your head. So it's kind of like, you're not thinking about that when the deer's there. You right. concentrate, okay, I know he's kind of, you know, there he is, he's going that way. That's 20 yards, that's 30 yards, you know. Right. No, I agree with you. Yeah. 100%. But the bottom line is it's gonna get uh, it's gonna get interesting here coming up ahead, um, and I know I know you're looking forward to getting out in the stand a little more often, and I know Jared's Jared's gonna be going as well, and Uncle Steve I know has been hitting the woods a lot too. But um, at the end of the day, it's it's timing, it's luck, it's making your opportunity count, it's you know all of the above really, and I think that. Well, like you said, weather and wind, you got to take that into account and 
make your make your hunts count. Obviously, you just don't go sit in a stand when the wind's wrong and say, "Oh, I might get lucky." Correct. Yeah, you might, but you might also screw it up for you the rest of the year. Correct. Now, the other thing too that uh, that buck you sent me at uh, at Lyle and the Wands that um, the neighbors got making that scrape or opening that scrape up. Right. That buck, he's across the road, right? That's across the road on a 20 there. He might all of a sudden show up. Well, that's just it. You know what I'm yeah, saying? And it's, there, there's, there's so much yeah. uncertainty and there's so much that is untold. You could go and you could go and set a property you never hunt and you might, might shoot a buck of a lifetime. You know, because the landowner said, go for it. And you look at it, you go, hey, there's a trail coming here and a trail. I'm going to park my ass here. And you might shoot a big buck. You know, it, you don't, you don't know. It's, it's a, it's a weird thing. We could sit here and talk about consistency right? and that you've got to sit the same spot. You know, okay. Ideally you're right. Well, uh, even when you watch the pros do it, you know, Lee and Tiffany or, or the whitetail uh, freaks. freaks or whatever. Sure. And they'll be sitting there and they got bucks all over and all of a sudden, of course, the TV show, all of a sudden they say, Oh, this guy, we never saw him before. And he's an outlier. He came from the neighbors or wherever. He never, right. All of a sudden, he's bigger than what they were actually going to... Sh- so they take him instead of taking their target buck. Right. That's, you know... Right. And that's that's what I'm saying. We could sit here and talk, you know, consistency and hunting the same stand, you know, and and put all that formula together. And yet at the same, at the same time, you might go and sit in a spot you never sat before. And you might get lucky and you might hit it, you know, get a, get a buck that comes through that you've never seen before or... You know, it, there's no right way to do it. There's no wrong way to do it. You got to kind of feel with your experience on, on what you know. We our experiences. You know, you got to stay consistent. You got to know everything that's going on around you. But I'm oh. sure there's people out there that this time of year you find the does, you find the bucks. Right. That's in that's my opinion. Bo- that's right. You know where the does are going to feed. You know what trails they're using. The bucks are going to use the same thing. Right. They're looking for them. And that's I. That. And I got it. Yeah, you're right. And I do have to say this because every chance I get, I say this. I remember when we originally acquired, I acquired Terry's property. And I said, Dad, we should put a food plot. I think it'd be a great spot right here. And Dad goes, why would you put a food plot in? Why would you do all that fucking around? Why would you, why would you do all that work when they've got, you know, 200 yards away, they've got soybeans, 100 yards the other way, they've got corn. What, why, why the fuck would you do all that work? I honestly, at the time, I didn't have a good answer. It's just what everybody was doing, and I wanted to do it. But we ended up, we talked to the neighbor who had a tractor and a tiller and stuff, and he helped us put our first food plots in. And I just, I distinctly remember that conversation with you. And you're like, why in the fuck would you want to do all that work when you got <coughs> corn there, beans there, they got in the back, they got everything around there. Yeah. Why the fuck would you want to do that? Well, Three years later, we've done food plots every year. We Dad bought a tractor and a tiller, and we do everything ourselves now. And um, all of a sudden, it comes around time for the rut, and you actually you actually sat the rut more than I did. Right. And you're like, hey, as long as we got does on this food plot, there's a chance a buck's oh, yeah. gonna come through. And it's like now now that's what we li- that's how we base our hunts on is those food plots. And just, I just laugh because I think back to that, and I know you were working long days at the time and stuff, and you're like, why the fuck do I want more work for myself? Yeah. <laughs> but you're like, if you want to fucking do it, you go do it. And I did do it. I found the guy. I went, we did it. And yeah. It did panned out. And now well, look at where we're at. And it's, it's no different than you look and look at you and Jared and even me when I was younger. 
when you were married and you're looking for for, yeah. for a woman, where'd you go? This is your favorite analogy. Yeah, you went I, to the bar. You went to a Facebook. Which, which, which bar has got the hot women? <laughs> and that's where you went. Right. Right? Right. That's the same thing with a food plot. It's like the deer sit back like, where? The bucks sit back like, where the does? Oh, they always go to that food plot over there about this time. So yep. let's go check it out. Let's go check it out. Right. Yeah. <clears throat> and yep. that's, that's how I, the analogy I always use, but it's like. You keep the does around, the bucks are going to follow. Right. That's the way it is. And I think that's the bottom line. Like I said, I just have to jab you with it every mm-hmm. time we talk about it because I just, I distinctly remember that Oh, yeah, I remember saying that. Yeah. It's like, why would they come to this little freaking quarter acre food plot? Quarter acre food plot <laughs> when there's corn, you know, 50 acres behind me of corn and there's alfalfa right out, you know, another 200 yards away. Right. And then you got, you know, soybeans and everything else, but... They did. Yep, and it's just, and you just need them to walk through it. Yeah, you don't would, e- you don't even need they them. They pass through. They eat for not even five minutes, and then they would go head towards the bigger field. Yep, and it's like, and that's all you needed. That's all you need. Yep, just enough that they to keep them there. But yeah, I just um, like I said, I got to throw that jab every time because I just remember I just I just that that conversation is stuck in my head. And then we start looking back over the last five years since we've been putting food pots in. Yeah. About bucks being that we've shot with the bull. Yep. And almost everyone's been shot off food plot. I think everyone has been shot off food and plot. And normally they're, it's this time of year and they're looking for does. They're yep. not coming in to eat. No. They're looking for does. Nope. I know the last, uh, before this year, the last two bucks that I shot, they were, well, that one I grunted in. Um, but the other one, when they were passing through. Yep. They know, like you said, they know the hangout. They're looking for it. Yep. So... Anyways, um, we're going to call this, uh, we're going to wrap this up. It's been a good conversation. Yep. I, uh, I thank you for joining me on this and giving me permission to use your, uh, your knowledge and your advice. No problem. I'm here anytime for you. I know, and I've always appreciated that. So good luck to you on the rest of the season. Um, and I know that uh, we'll keep everybody up to date as to what we do, and we're going to hop on here probably, probably next week, see what's going on, and see if we have any more success stories. Until then, uh, shoot straight and good luck, everybody. Yep, good luck.